Black History Month, and you know it's your girl, the one and only Debriana Simone, your host, CEO, big director. I don't even know what to call it, but your girl from the one and only Black Girl at a PWI. Y'all, it has been more than a year. It's probably been almost two years since we really last connected, since we really last talked. I know the Instagram been dry. I know you been replaying season one of Black Girl at a PWI day after day after day, just thinking that maybe if you listen long enough, you can reconnect with me and all the way from DC, I would hear your cries to come back to the mic and to talk that real talk from a Black Girl at a PWI. But let me tell you something, if you're listening, did not bring me back to the mic, the will of God did. And of course the will of God is right on time. And he said, you know what? Black History Month, of 2024 is a perfect time and one thing about me i'm not gonna fight god so here we are here we are y'all we are back that is crazy to me we are back and first and foremost i wanted to shout out all the black girls at pwis the ones who follow the ones who don't follow the ones who are listening for the for the first time the ones who have been listening since the very first time we dropped which was february 2nd if i'm not mistaken of 2022 you all are the reason I do what I do. You all are the reason that I even thought about Black Girl at PWI. You're the reason I love Black History Month so much. You all are my sisters from another whoever gave birth to you. And I love y'all so much. It is loving myself that has made me love Black women, especially at PWIs and in predominantly white institutions more. The way we show up, the way we show out, the way we can turn up a crowd, the way it's us that everybody looks for when they walk through the door of an event or a venue. We are the epitome of greatness, of excellence, of perseverance, but most importantly, the epitome of softness. Well-deserved, long overdue softness. And y'all, my prayer is that this Black History Month would be the embodiment of that. That it wouldn't just be soft girl summer, it wouldn't just be You know, another time to kick in and just be lackadaisical about who we are. But it will be one of our boldest months, not because it's Black History Month, but because your girl, Debriana Simone, is back to encourage you. Baby, you that girl. It wasn't a mistake. Black girl at a PWI was not a mistake. Matter of fact, I want to take y'all back to the basics since it's the first day of Black History Month. Let's get our history intact because in a couple of months, Black girl at a PWI is going to blow up. And I want everybody to be able to come back to this audio and connect with what we really stand for and who we really are. So a couple of days ago, I was chatting with my best friend. Dana say, hey, Dana's not here. So Dana can't say hey physically, but she can't say hey in spirit. Y'all say, hey, Dana, period. A couple of weeks ago or days, actually, I was talking to Dana about Black Girl at a PWI. It's no surprise that we've been gone for over a year and of course I have not stopped thinking about the organization or just the the theme and the brand that is Black Girl at a PWI. My Black Girl at a PWI experiences have not changed. In fact, they've only been enhanced since I've been in a dual degree program at two predominantly white institutions and I'm feeling it, the pressures, the expectations and the microaggressions on a different level. I was talking to her and I was talking about a website that I've been thinking about building out for us, a safe space for us to be able to connect, to be able to blog, to be able to write, to be able to connect with other black girls at PWIs and potentially to be able to create a community for black girls at PWIs in our own areas. 
I was talking to her, asking her to just review a couple things, fonts, display. And I said something either about the mission or the vision or even how this started. Dana, my best friend, is very reflective. So she ended up saying something along the lines of, that's crazy that all of this started off of a school project. It took me aback because Dana does not have the best memory. I do out of the both of us. So when Dana said it started as a school project, I was like, did it? Part of me asking, did it, was really me saying, girl, you must remember this wrong. She sent back an audio message saying, no, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it started. Am I lying? Am I a liar? So I went back through to my Google Docs where everything really begins. And I saw that on December 3rd, 2021, I wrote a qualitative paper, qualitative research paper for one of my sociology classes with another peer of mine who was not a black woman about the experiences of black students at predominantly white institutions. At, at this point in time, I went to the University of Mary Washington in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Now we can name drop, praise God, because we got that degree. And I wrote myself and my peer 24 pages, including and speaking to the experience of black students at predominantly white institutions. Now, I didn't just focus on black women, of course, or black girls. I focused on the overall black experience in these white spaces. We met and interviewed over 10 to 15, sorry, students, black students at the institution, asking them about their experience. And my counterpart, who was, again, not a black woman, did the due diligence to interview a couple of white people at the institution. Their way of being included at this particular university, which is fairly small for PWI, was about 4,000 students in total, nothing compared to a University of Virginia or something like that in the DMV area. Nevertheless, it's a PWI, and when she interviewed a couple of other white students, they spoke to their social settings being sports, a club, and typically a sports club or a fraternity maybe even a sorority, of course, not D9 because that wasn't approved on our college campus, but something of that nature. They spoke to being able to socialize, being out on not the lawn, but what we call ball circle and being able to just go out, throw the ball, fly a kite, walk your dog, do anything like that and just feel safe in that space. They spoke to curriculums that they went through, feeling okay with the curriculum, having their degree there, any area of study that they wanted, having access to that. Because, of course, what else could they want to talk about other than engineering, psychology, sociology, education, all the basics of the college experience? Of course, I met with the black students. At the University of Mary Washington, I had the honor during my time period there to connect with so many black students who were upperclassmen when I was a freshman and then um, lowerclassmen or underclassmen when I was a junior and a senior to cultivate a space that we call Black UMW. Now, Black UMW did not have a set location. We call Black UMW um, a principle, a belief, a system, if you will, that was not bound to physical locations, but more so was made up of a space, a concept, or anything like that where you saw more than two or three Black people together. Black UMW became a social setting. It didn't have an office. It didn't have a center. It was just whenever a couple Black students at PWIs got together, and we took this predominantly white institution, not turning it into an HBCU, but just turning it into a centered Black space 
for black students at predominantly white institutions. We called it Black UMW instead of adding it to our clubs to really emphasize the fact that wherever more of us are, the safer we feel. We called it Black UMW because when we got together and said we should do a party for the first time since everybody goes to JMU and all these other big schools for Halloween, we should do a party where we at. That year we called it Holla, H-O-L-L-A-Ween. And we connected, at the time I was a part of the NAACP college chapter, we connected the NAACP college chapter, the Black Student Union, as well as the African Student Union, if I'm not mistaken, to do a, I'd say cross-cultural, but all-around Black v. Black, Black, Black Halloween event. Everybody dressed up in costumes. We had more than 130 people show up in this place that we call the Underground. It was the first one of its kind, no DJ, just an ox, like the regular basement parties for the folks who really know what 2015 to 2018 was about. And we was lit for three whole hours, taking pictures. Some people invited their friends and even on the flip end, some people invited their white friends. But all around, it was safe. It was ours. Nobody else on that campus was throwing a Halloween party. You know why? Because nobody else thought about us. The only people who thought about black students at predominantly white institutions were the black students at those predominantly white institutions. We saw each other. And for years, when I first came to the University of Mary Washington, that first PWI experience at the higher education level, I was a little bit taken aback because I didn't immediately hit it off with all the other black students. I came by myself being raised up in predominantly white institutions since preschool I didn't know my how to maneuver. It was a smaller campus. A lot of the black students who I ended up being super close with by the time I graduated and consider some of my brothers and sisters to this day, they were already clicked up because they had a scholars program that they were able to meet everybody in earlier in the summer. So for me, it was a little different. I had to learn the hard way with a lot of stuff. Thankfully, I came in with so much affirmation within myself and my blackness that I wasn't really moved by any whiteness. I took race and revolution for my first sem- seminar. I was a sociology major and knew that's what I wanted to be. I had an interest in pre-law, but didn't follow through with it. I was just overall very committed to what I felt like I was supposed to do in terms of education. And like I said, I knew who I was. So anything else that could shake me from that, it wasn't going to get far. But as the years started to go on, as the months started to go on, I started to realize that there was a particular power that rested with black folks that I've seen in other communities outside of a predominantly white institution, and we thrived. I thought, well, if we can thrive in those areas, wherever 10 or more or three or more of us are gathered, then what great thing could happen if we could get all on the same plane about seeing each other, hearing each other, feeling each other and protecting each other. Now, for the black folks at predominantly white institutions or who have attended, who are listening, you know, as anybody would, that it's no way to get through four years at a predominantly white institution as a black person without some racist incident happening. During my time period, it was a lot of patriot front and a lot of politics going on. It was very and wildly chaotic. When those events would happen, of course, through my leadership in the NAACP, I had that pull. But I started to see that it wasn't really the club or the title that brought black students together. It was that feeling of collective pain. It was that feeling of collective joy. It was the sentiment of collective belonging. 
that mattered most to me. We would get together and I would call them kumbayas. We come together and vent, talk about the issues. And a couple of us would then go to administration and the president of the institution to share our thoughts and our responses. Years later, when 2020 came through like a mighty flood and everybody hopped into this woke movement, as I like to call it, the NAACP hosted this thing of black expectations and guidelines, honestly, a thesis of what the institution needed to do in order to not just be equitable, but in order to see black students thrive. Now, I can't say whether or not the institution has effectively applied these things, but what I can say is that that only came because black students collectively felt, collectively were seen, and collectively were heard. So in December 2021, when I first wrote this paper, or rather, let's go to September 2021, when I first came up with this paper topic, I came up with it myself. I was in class, they asked what our topics would be about, and I said I wanted to focus on the black experience at predominantly white institutions. Now, my professor, when she first heard this, she said, Brianna, there's no way you're going to do it by yourself. And I said, watch me. I probably could have, but it was good having help and having the white perspective because I had social capital, but not that much that I wanted it. As I looked back over the entire paper, I was amazed, 25 pages of experiences that were collected. I asked black students, why did you come to this institution? Some of them regretted it. Some of them said, Bree, I'ma be honest with you. At this time I was called Breezy. Breezy, I'ma be honest with you, sis. I ain't really wanna come here. They gave me the most money. They had, you know what I'm saying, my major, my degree that I wanna focus on. But girl, other than that, I think about going to an HBCU every single day. When they shared experiences like that, I let them be heard. I felt that. I tried to transfer to an HBCU twice in my PWI experience. It wasn't that they wouldn't accept me. Honestly, I think that God wanted me where I was to make history. I was committed to that. But that didn't make it less insufferable. That didn't make it less hurtful to be black at a predominantly white institution. So when my peers would share that with me, I say, girl, I'm going to keep it a buck with you. What HBCUs you looking at? Let's go visit the campus. Let's get you applied. I know a couple of professors there. Let's get you connected. If you're not thriving here, you deserve to thrive somewhere in this white society and in this predominantly white institution that is America. Go out and do your thing. And if you can do it better there and if you can be seen, heard, and felt there, do it at an HBCU. Just know I'm going to hold you down over here. Some of them took me up on that offer and they soared. Others told me, Brie, honestly, I do like it here. I like how quiet it is. I don't like the racism, of course, but, you know, it's not too unbearable. I like it here. I just wish I had more of a community for people who look like me. I wish the black community was stronger. I wish we did more events for ourselves. I wish I could just go out and do my thing and not feel upset about it or just feel empowered. And for them, I told them, I got you. I hear you. Most importantly, I see you. Others shared, girl, I want to be an African-American studies major. I want to study the diaspora. I want to have more flavor into my curriculum. And girl, we just ain't got it. Nevertheless, we ain't got no black professors, no barely enough black students. And we definitely ain't got enough black men who find here and don't just date white girls. I said, girl, I feel you. Okay. Because baby, I ain't had no black boyfriend at that predominantly white institution that entire four years. I felt them. 
When I started to look over these experiences, those of which I knew were already true because I lived them, but my truth is not the only truth. I was like, yeah, this is good stuff. Honestly, I don't remember what my thesis was other than the fact that black experiences at predominantly white institutions are starkly different from their white counterparts. Now, this was a small school. I'm sure if we checked out any bigger white institution, and maybe yours who's listening, your workplace, your college, your university, your high school, we'd probably find some crazier thoughts and crazier feedback about how white students and non-black students experience the space. Nevertheless, I know that the contributions of every space that we walk into that is predominantly white was more than likely built on the backs of our ancestors and black folks. And yet, we still have frustrations dealing with those spaces because we are not the captains of our own destiny. Now, I'm not sure what happened after December. I'm not sure if it was after turning that paper that I felt empowered I'm not sure if it was something a pouring out of God in December of 2021 or maybe even November, but I specifically remember November, December, that time period while I was working on this paper before I turned it in that I was like, I think I want to start a podcast. I think God has called me to start a podcast called Black Girl at a PWI. As soon as I said it, I sowed a seed and I just went ahead and locked in the Instagram Black Girl PWI. From there... I committed. I got together with somebody who had just came into my life. She was a former executive producer of Black Girl at PWI. Her name is Ashley, and she is the dopest. If you're in the 804 area of Richmond, Virginia, you probably know her because she's on all the hottest radios. I connected with her. She was just brought into my life, and she actually helped me produce the first 10 episodes of the first season. We connected. I drove to Richmond weekly just to record just to get fresh stuff out and it was my first time in front of a mic for a podcast I was amazed with how folks connected with it but what I immediately saw was how many black girls would feel seen in this space how many black folks overall regardless of how you identify would feel seen in this space and need to feel seen our experiences are unique and even if we stretch and you say hey I'm an HBCU listener but Girl, America is a predominantly white institution that changes the way we show up. And in every space, we deserve to thrive instead of just survive. So when January rolled around, I said February 1st is when we're going to drop this episode. I'm pretty sure it dropped on February 2nd or 3rd because of the streaming platform, but my heart was on the first. I said, this is going to be big. This is going to be important. We got to, we got to, we got to hit the streets like crack in the 80s. You get what I'm saying? I want to be authentic. I want to be real. I want to be. Uh, vibrant I want to have black girls on black folks want to speak about their experiences to talk about these things that we struggle with as black girls at predominantly white institutions or in predominantly white spaces I wanted us to be candid I wanted us to cry together to smile together to laugh to have mixers to meet black girls at PWIs all across the country and outside the country by the time we finished in the summer of 2022 I was done recording I had graduated from undergrad in May of 2022 We had listeners from at least 10 different countries outside of the United States. I was blown away because I wasn't looking at metrics. I was literally just talking on the mic, posting, and then posting on Instagram. Now, a year and a half later, I felt like God was saying nothing too much about Black Girl at PWI. I worried. We did an event in April 2022. It was our first in-person event. I was just talking. Folks came out. We dropped a spring line of shirts. And they are the dopest shirts still to this day, still holding up strong. 
And I was like, God, I see so much for this brand. I see so much for this purpose of thriving instead of just surviving. I see this relating to actors, to artists, to creatives, to doctors, to your everyday people, right? To, to all of us in every financial category you can think of, any degree, educated, uneducated, in the streets, not in the streets, at an institution, in high school, wherever you are. I thought about all these beautiful people who, if they had a platform like this, if they had a space like this, their lives might have been changed about their expectations of their experience. That if you never feel seen, heard, or felt on your campus, in your institution, in your cubicle, in your workplace, in your high school, in your middle school, in your community, that you will be able to tune on Black Girl at a PWI and be like, I'm seen here. I'm heard here. I'm felt. And because I'm listening, because I'm connecting with these people and building a community, I'm just not heard, seen, and felt, but I'm also thriving my mind is thriving, my emotions, my sentiments, everything within me is thriving, it's blossoming, unlike anything I could have ever thought of. And I'm simply honored and simply am giving you this origin story to thank every single listener on February 1st of 2024 and those to come who are doubling back. Thank you for trusting me with your vulnerability, with your story, with your experience. Since Black Girl at PWI has started, I've had numerous Black girls DM me personally, thanking me for this space. I've met some Black girls who said, hey, I graduate from high school next year and I listen to your podcast to figure out what the predominantly white institution experience is like. I'm honored by you. To the Black girls who DM'd me even after we were not recording for a year and said, hey, I just want you to know I listened to a couple episodes and... It changed my life where it made me feel really seen. I honor you. To the black folks who maybe don't identify as women, who maybe aren't, you know what I'm saying, who are male or whatever, I honor you for this space. Most importantly, to the folks who repost, to the folks who comment, to the folks who share, to the folks who are listening and they have their own platforms where they're talking about these experiences, to the folks at HBCUs and all in between, I honor you I thank you for trusting me with your story with your vulnerability with your presence and I pray that as we continue in this season season two of Black Girl out of PWI that it will be nothing short of everything that you've needed and everything that you've wanted in a virtual community now I'm not gonna lie I aim for the stars every single time I see this year us do a meet and greets across the country us doing another photo shoot, us dropping another line. I'm not sure if it's hoodies. I'm not sure if it's crew necks. I'm not sure if it's tank tops. I really want to do a sweatpants suit. I'm not sure what it is, just basic accessories. I see us opening up a website. I see us doing a little online shop. I see us building out a team here at Blacker at a PWI. I really envision some writers having some blog posts up, folks being able to post live reviews. I envision us having some videos on, having some amazing speakers that y'all see on all these other different platforms coming to kick it with us and just being authentic about their experiences. I'd even love to bring some of the listeners on, some of the real deal Holyfield Black or other PWI supporters who have been wanting to talk about their experience and just want that safe space to bring them on to share it and kick it. I envision myself traveling with a mic 
just being like, let's talk about this black girl experience on the street, in the classroom, wherever, and just doing it and being real, authentic, and bold. We deserve to to thrive, thrive in predominantly white spaces at predominantly white institutions instead of just surviving. We've done enough surviving. It's time that we live and experience that life more abundantly. So it's Black History Month of 2024, okay, here at Black Girl at the PWI. Now, I'm not going to tell you what to do for your Black History Month, but baby, I'm going to be blackly black, 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 blickly black, black, black. I don't know how. I don't know what. I don't know if we're going to switch it up a little bit. Um, I don't know if we just going to change the theme. I don't like, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the limitations is going to be y'all, but I just want it to be so Negro filled. <laughs> I want it to be so black. I want it to be so rejuvenating. I want it to like be so spacious and just like, honestly, I just want us to grow as a community. I want us to, to laugh under comments and on Instagram. I want us to chat. I want us to expand. I want us to grow. Like I have such high hopes for this month but also for this year for Black Girl at a PWI. And because I have these hopes for Black Girl at a PWI, I have these hopes for you, sis. I have these hopes for you, bro. I have these hopes for you, dear. This is going to be amazing. And honestly, I can't wait to share with you. I hope you come along for this journey of season two. Now, season one, I said classes in session. Season two, I'm not, I'm feeling like we graduated. You know what I'm saying? I'm in, I'm in grad school. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all in these streets, okay? Some of y'all still in the classroom. Some of y'all in somebody's cubicle, somebody's office. So I don't feel like we in class no more. Like, I feel like, I feel like we, we, we kind of hitting black girl global at this point. I'm not going to lie. I feel like we outside with it. Like, so if you was inside, I'm not going to tell you to, I'm not going to tell you to stay inside. I'm a, I'm going to say this a we outside type of year. I know we said it in 2021 and that was cute, but we wasn't outside with our gifts for real. We wasn't outside with our hopes. We wasn't really outside with the vision for real. We wasn't outside with the black guy, the PWY gear one. We wasn't outside unapologetically blickety black, black, black. We wasn't outside like we should have been, but this year, Oh, we outside. You heard it here first. Black Girl out of PWI is back. Season two is beginning. So if you was inside, hiding with your talent, your gifts, and everything else you called to do as a black person at a predominantly white institution and in a predominantly white space, baby, go ahead, put your headphones in, take them out, do whatever you need to, get a pen and paper, sit with your besties, because we outside. And once we get outside, we staying outside. Because this is Black Girl out of PWI. What we hiding from? <laughs>